DJ and PK, we are joined now by Sean Hyken, NBA reporter for Bleacher Report. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Sean, good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. So we are curious now as we get into the uh, final month here, gearing up for the restart of the NBA. We have Joe Ingles on the show once a week. And uh, we mentioned him that some people, you know, with Bogdanovich out, didn't have high hopes for the Jazz. And he's like, who are those people? And then Quinn Snyder basically kind of echoed that sentiment in a Zoom press conference he did. So we're curious, as someone who uh, maybe can be a detached, neutral observer, if that's possible, but we'll assume it is. What do you think of the Jazz chances as you watch the NBA get ready to restart? I think the loss of Bojan Bogdanovic is pretty huge to them. I mean, maybe if they get the right matchup, they can win a first round series. But without Bojan, I just, I, I, just, I don't see them really doing much beyond that, unfortunately. How about if Mike Conley reverts to the Mike Conley of Memphis? I got to think that that increases their chances. Now, to what level remains to be seen, but I think that's something that maybe they can look to as something they haven't had so far, and maybe get a little bit more out of him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you probably couldn't have gotten a worse first season in Utah out of him, it's just based on expectations and based on what you've done before in uh, Memphis and what you could have hoped you would have done going in. But, I mean, it's it just, it's so, we have no idea what anybody is going to look like. I mean, I think the, the one saving grace for the Jazz is that this is just such a weird set of circumstances that everything is so up in the air. You can't really just look at this normally and say, okay, this guy was playing this well or this badly during the season, and that's going to translate over after all these guys have not played at all for four months during a pandemic. Like, this, it's just such an unprecedented set of circumstances that it's kind of hard to, project anything. Now, speaking of Joe Ingles, has he officially said, because I know he has talked in the past about how he wouldn't want to play if they're starting the season. Has he officially said anything about that? I think he's going to play. Um, okay. I think he's got his reservations, and you know, it's a difficult situation with his wife pregnant and all that, but I think he's going to be in Orlando. When there was the, when there were all the phone calls going on, he was very definitive he was not on any of those group calls. So. Okay. I just remember. I just remember he was one of the first guys to come out and say that he wouldn't want to play if they were going to restart before they actually decided anything. So I was wondering if what the situation was with that. That's good to know. How about a skinnier Jokic in Denver? How do you think that's going to change things, if any? Well, I mean, I think the first thing we need to worry about with Jokic is whether he is able to recover from COVID nineteen. Considering he's one of the guys that tests positive, so assuming he recovers fully, which obviously we all hope is the case, and he doesn't have any lasting uh, side effects from it, and he's able to get over from Serbia back to Denver and then to Orlando. Uh, it is going to be interesting. I, I, my greater issues, I guess, with Denver. I mean, it's just it's kind of it's the same group that just kind of fell short of the playoffs last year. I, it maybe one more year experience is going to help him with it, with in this, but I, I think they're sort of. Uh, they're one of the teams. I still, I think they, I think they could make a run, but I, I still think they might be a year away. So when you say the Jazz could win a first round series, depending on the matchup, is it? Are you making the point that hey, we don't know what teams are going to be really sharp when they come back, or are there a couple teams out of the, or maybe one out of the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Nuggets, the Jazz? 
match up much better or much worse against? I think it's more the former that we just have no clue. The Rockets are a team that I think are actually more dangerous coming out of this layoff just because James Harden is a guy that, oh, normally speaking, he is, uh, you know, he puts up these incredible numbers in the regular season and then he starts sort of burns out in the playoffs because when he's during the during the regular season, he's the guy who's like lead the league in minutes or, or is among the league leaders in minutes and just goes so hard in the regular season that he's just kind of burned out by the playoffs and he starts to wear down. Now you come come in with him being four months fresh of, of having not played all those games and having all those miles on him. That's going to be, you know, I think I think that's I think the Rockets are a team that could be dangerous because of that. So literally, home court advantage will not exist, obviously, with the situation in Orlando. So it boils down to matchups would take up much more precedent than anything as far as getting the home court. With that in mind, how do you think teams generally are going to take these eight games leading up to this postseason? It depends on what their situation is. I would imagine that a team like the Bucks or the Raptors or... Some of these teams where they're going to get their seed locked in probably pretty quickly. Like I, I don't, I can't imagine the Bucks have much reason to play Giannis or Middleton a lot of minutes during these seeding games. And it's probably the same thing with the Lakers with LeBron, especially with his age. And he had been so great this season that he, he kind of had this bounce back season. As you know, they, I, I, you know, I feel like they, if they can lock up the uh, number, the. Uh, the number one seed pretty early. They might just take it easy the rest of the way. But then, whereas at the bottom end of the spectrum, you're going to have some teams like Portland, New Orleans, Memphis, that whole group in the West, and then Brooklyn, Orlando, Washington in the East. Those teams, if those teams are still in it, they're going to be a lot more you know, playing their guys and not taking it easy because they can't afford to. How much does the loss of Avery Bradley hurt the Lakers? It, it hurts them, I think. We're going to find out a lot about Alex Caruso because I think he's going to probably step into that role. And, you know, Avery Bradley, the, the main thing he brought to them was the defense, especially his on-ball defense. And, you know, he's, he, he had been the guy that the Lakers would put on every team's best guard. And he had been doing great in that role. We will see if Alex Caruso can kind of step in and take some of that for him. I, I, I still think the Lakers are among the favorites in the – West, I, I don't, I don't feel definitively enough about them to put them above, you know, the Clippers, the Rockets, uh, any, you know, the, uh, any, any of those teams. But I think that uh, they could, you know, it, it's, it's going to hurt them. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, devastating. Portland could get back some guys that they haven't had all season with this long layoff and the extended version of it. Do you think that, that can help them? Help who? Portland. It could. Uh, I mean, considering the, uh, you know what their situation was up front uh, the whole year, basically their only real center was Hassan Whiteside, and their only you know then you know they lost uh, Zach Collins three games into the season, and then uh, basically things got so bad really quickly that they just immediately they had to you know pull Carmelo Anthony off the scrap heap, and he's been great for them, but. You know him being the only guy that they had really at that position, and then, but I think I think the loss of Trevor Reza, who obviously decided to sit out because of the family situation, I think that's that's something that I, I I'm still not sure how they're going to be able to make up for 
that. I mean, this is where not having Rodney Hood because of the torn Achilles really hurts them. But, I mean, I think Nurkic and Collins is definitely going to help. I wouldn't pick them. Let's say, I mean, let's say they do get in, you know, sneak into the playoffs at Memphis, which I could see happening. But I would not pick them to beat the Lakers in the first round as an eight seed. But I think they could make it a little bit competitive, maybe have it go six or something. Sean Eichen joining us, NBA reporter for Bleacher Report, uh, talking about the restart of the NBA. You know, I'm of the opinion if the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Bucks win this, it'll be it'll be viewed as an odd championship, but it won't really be held against the players in the way it will be if anybody else wins. And I think even the Rockets, I think it'll be viewed as a as a tremendous fluke and and kind of dismissed. Do you believe that? I think you have to, no matter who wins it, you're not going to just be able to talk about this as a normal championship just because the, the circumstances are so unprecedented. With that said, I don't think it makes it less legitimate. It just makes it different. Like, if anything, I almost feel like this is more impressive if these teams are able to come back from this layoff in the middle of a global pandemic and is ever able to just sort of get through all of this and be the last one standing. I think that is a feather in a deep cap. I would say it's definitely different. I wouldn't say it makes it less legitimate. So they're moving the draft back, what, until October, and obviously it already would have taken place. Do you see any advantages or disadvantages in that as far as evaluating players and making their selections when it comes to it? Well, the problem is there's just not any new stuff to evaluate guys on. This is such a weird draft, and I think a lot of teams are guessing just because they shut down the college season in March, and there's nothing new to go off of. Every All of the film that there is to watch on these guys has already been done, and they haven't been able to have guys to facilities and, and you know interview them in person. It's just been all Zoom stuff, so... Teams, I think teams across the board are going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage, and they're going to be, there's just going to be a lot of guesswork involved uh, for the draft. So, I, I mean, it's this, there could be, just be a lot of weird stuff happening this this this, uh, this time around. So, I, I it's it's a pretty hard one to get a handle on. So, what do you think, is, or have you heard, is happening to the salary cap, and what does this mean? for free agency. This wasn't supposed to be much of an offseason. The next one was supposed to be huge, but you got to figure the financial ramifications of this going forward are going to be felt next summer when, I don't want to say the whole league has turned loose, but basically the whole league has turned loose. Well, I think the thing that's really going to be the bigger indicator of that, obviously they're going to lose, they're losing a clear year this year. So let's say the best case scenario, they are able to get through this season without having to shut it down again. That's going to help. Things are going to go down. I think the thing that's going to be the more telling thing is what happens with the 2020-21 season. As of right now, it's supposed to uh, start around December 1st, maybe a little bit later into December. But given the pandemic and just given everything is so uncertain because of that, like that's going to be the greater indicator. If let's say things do settle down and they are able to, they have a vaccine by the end of the year, things sort of stabilize and they are able to start the next season in December and everything is sort of able to continue uh, like normal after that. They, you know, they might be able to bounce back financially, at least for the most part, but if they have to delay next season indefinitely because of the pandemic, then, then they might be in trouble again. Do you think that at any point the, the social justice stuff that's going on and the unrest would overshadow the actual games? 
I mean, that's kind of the point. The players, some of the players had the uh, reservations about it because they didn't, you know, because they didn't want the games to overshadow the movement. So I think they're going to do everything they can. I mean, you've already seen a couple of things. They're going to be putting Black Lives Matter uh, on the court. Players are going to be able to have slogans on their jerseys. I think that stuff is kind of surface level. That's not really the kind of change that they're fighting for, but it's certainly going to keep it in the conversation. Yeah, but don't the games produce enough drama, even in a situation without fans, and we're going to care who's winning and losing, that in those moments it's going to be about the basketball. It may not be on the off day in between, but in the fourth quarter it's going to be about the basketball. Yeah, probably. I just I have, I have no idea how any of this stuff is going to work any more than anybody else does, but it's going to be really interesting to find out. You know, we saw LeBron didn't have the postseason last year, and he's getting up there. And I'm wondering how much that actually benefited him because he's just had a marvelous season, particularly when you consider his age. What's he, 35, 36? Even if he was 10 years younger, it still would be marvelous. So in my mind, now that he's had some more time off, I can argue that he's going to be obviously rested. So I'm expecting him to just be a ball of fire and just, I don't want to say roll through it, but really be at the top of his game. I think he's going to be highly motivated to do that, and I definitely agree with you that have, having the early end of his season last year uh, helped things this year. Because remember, it's not even just last season, but the year like he had been to the finals eight years in a row before last year, and he had uh, had a couple of Olympic runs in there too. So he had just basically had zero time off for the last eight years. So having this extended layoff last summer. Definitely. I mean, you, you saw kind of what it did, did to him this year where he was one of the candidates for MVP. I think if anybody it, – it, it, it's hard to tell how anybody is going to react to this long layoff because you don't know which guys have gyms in their home, which ones don't. LeBron, it's pretty clear that no matter where LeBron is, he I – mean, there's been a – Maverick Carter said at a conference a couple of years ago that LeBron spent $1.5 million a year on his body just in terms of – different massage therapies and just different other treatments that he gets in order to keep his body in shape. I can't imagine that really changed because of the pandemic. So LeBron's going to be, you're going to, there's going to be different guys who maybe come in out of shape or come in rusty. I don't think that's going to be the case with LeBron. Will Kawhi Leonard still do load management in Orlando? I mean, they're, they're only going to have one back to back and I would guess he probably doesn't play on the back to back, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know where he's at physically either. It's not a load management thing. He actually does have knee issues where the team doctors say, "Hey, you can't uh, do this. Uh, you know, you can't you can't play on back to back. You have to kind of watch your minutes." I do think that because there's been this long layoff, guys. We have seen guys have said they're worried about soft tissue injuries. They might take it a little bit easy in the regular season, especially because the Clippers are one of the teams. They're not really in danger of falling out of one of those high playoff seeds in the West. So we might see him take it a little bit easy in the regular season. But once they get to playoffs, I think it's probably going to be fully, you know, everything's going to kind of be as normal. But, I, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think they've said anything about that yet. He's Sean Hyken, NBA reporter for Bleacher Report. Sean, that was rapid fire, man. We covered a lot of ground there. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. 